Now take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We are in a series on prayer. Believing that prayer is vital to everything we do, not only as a church, but as individuals, as societies, in everything that we have, we believe prayer is important. In fact, I saw this quote this week from R.A. Torrey that said, Prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that God is and all that God has is at the disposal of prayer, but we must use the key. Prayer can do anything that God can do, with the assumption being, the understanding being, the reality being that God can do absolutely anything, and that prayer is the key that unlocks that. And so as I was looking through and praying through how we would approach that subject today, I thought about our graduates, I thought about us in general, and I thought today we would focus in particular on one of the points that we made in week number one. As we're kind of breaking down, looking behind, trying to understand prayer from a new perspectives. And that was in week one we talked about the fact that at its essence, not only is it a conversation with the dad, we talked about last week, that at its essence prayer is an exchange. It's an exchange of my will for the Lord's will, of my desires for God's desires, of my agenda for God's agenda. That we saw in that uh, Lord's Prayer with your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That first week we put up this definition of what prayer is from one of the words that is used to describe prayer in the New Testament. In its original form, it means to properly, or what it really means is to exchange wishes. Literally, it is to interact with the Lord by switching human wishes for his wishes as he imparts faith. The reason this is so important for our graduates and for us is that our lives are construed every day, constructed of various decisions that we have to make. And the reality is, every day we have the opportunity to exchange what we want and what we desire and what we have in our hearts for God's desire and will for our lives. And if we truly believe that God is all-powerful and that God is all-good, then why in the world would we want our own agenda instead of God's? And so today, I want to look at one verse in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And it simply says this, This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Very briefly today, I want to break that down into its sections and ask the questions, what does this mean for us in our lives of prayer, in our lives of following the Lord? And we start with this first idea that prayer flows out of a relationship. 
But unless we have a relationship with the Lord, we can't have intimate conversations with the Lord. Unless we have a relationship with Him, we cannot understand His will and desire for Him to show us that will because prayer, conversation flows out of a relationship. This is one of those points that in real life we understand completely. Real, deep, meaningful conversation takes place primarily or almost exclusively within the confines of a real relationship. I mean, you can have conversation with people that are outside of a relationship, but generally those are cold and tactical and uneventful. But if you think about the best conversations of your life, I can almost guarantee that they will be with people with whom you have real relationships. Prayer comes out of that relationship. Where do we see that in this verse that we just said? Well, it's right there. It says, this is the confidence we have before him. The entire book of 1 John is written to people that were wondering whether or not they were followers of Jesus Christ, that were seeking assurance of their salvation. And John tells them, just like he did in his gospel, where he said, I've written these things, there's so much more I could write, but I've written these things so that you can believe and know and have confidence in the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. 1 John is written to say, now I want you to have confidence in your relationship with him. In fact, in the verse just before this, in verse 13, it says this. I have written these things, that's the entire book of 1 John, we're at the end of it, to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. John wants that confidence they have to be in Christ. When I was growing up, um, I've mentioned this before, when I was growing up, I uh, grew up in West Tennessee, and the, the kind of the pastor that, that was... The cast the biggest shadow over West Tennessee was a guy named Adrian Rogers. He was at Bellevue Baptist Church down in Memphis, Tennessee. He had a he had a TV. He was one of the first guys to have a TV ministry. Worth, love worth finding was a great preacher. And I used to go to, they had a thing called the Sing Christmas Tree. It would have thousands, multiple performances. It would be a huge spectacle. And then he would come out at the end. He would share the gospel. And I will never forget the way that he could say it in a preacher voice I have never had and will never have. Just that deep preacher voice. He would say, I want you today to know that you know that you know that you're saved. And John is writing to them and he says, I want you to do these things, to know these things, so that you know that you know that you know. And it's out of that confidence of knowing that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ that you can ask him anything. That without that, you don't have the confidence to walk in. And think about the reality there. He is saying that because of who Christ is and what he has done for us, because of what God feels about us, that we can have confidence. We don't have to bow our heads. We don't have to walk in shame. That we can go straight into the presence of God and with boldness come before him. By the way, this isn't the first time he's mentioned confidence with prayer in this book. And it gives us the second part of what that relationship really looks like. It's not just that we know, and I hope that if you're here today, you know that you know that you know that you're saved. And if you're not, then that's a decision that has to be made before anything else can change. Once we know, the way we know, the, the way we can be assured of that, he tells us in 1 John chapter 3. 
So if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God. Well, how do we have confidence before God and receive whatever we ask? Same kind of thing. And this is how we know. We keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. And this is command. Believe in the name of the son Jesus and love one another as he commanded us. He basically says, how do you know that you've got a relationship with him? Well, when you know Jesus, it changes your life. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. But it does mean that your life has been changed and you are attempting to live out your life for him. And in 1 John chapter 5, at the end, he's coming to conclude everything. And he says to them, this is the confidence we have before him. So the first thing is it comes out of a relationship. The second thing is we need to ask anything of God. Dot, dot, dot. Ask anything of God. Look back at that verse again in 1 John chapter 4. I mean, chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything. There are a couple of important parts of that. The first part of that is the if. If. It's conditional. It says that there's a possibility that we may or may not. And when we first read that, we mean, what do you mean if? Of course we would ask. Are you kidding me? I mean, 70,000 people are paying hundreds of dollars to get a glimpse of two hours of a 33-year-old singing about being 15 and 22. (laughs) Relaying the errors of her life through song to 140,000 people over the last two days. And they just want to sit in the upper nosebleed to get a glimpse of her. Are you kidding? Why would we not want to see the God of the universe who invites us for free to come into his presence and be with him? Anytime. Of course we would. We we would live there. We would dwell there. We would want to be with him all the time. I mean, it is the biggest celebrity in the history of the world. The one that created it. The first cause behind it all says to us, because of his son Jesus and what he did, come into my presence. Come to me when you're weary. Enter into my gates with thanksgiving. Come boldly before the throne. Of course we would. Right? Right? Which means we shouldn't have to worry about anything. Anybody here worried at all this week? Any? Y'all looking at me like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I have. I see these graduates here. I know some parents are worried about the future. I mean, I know there's celebration that they got this stuff on. You're still like, okay, we're a couple of weeks away. Hopefully that goes well. But man, how about the future? may have told you this before. I'll never forget when I was, we were in seminary. Um, we were at a church called Travis Avenue Baptist Church. And pastor was Mike Dean. And Mike Dean did a survey of his senior adults. To, they were going to do a, um, a Wednesday night Bible study for senior adults. And they asked them what topics they wanted and were most concerned about. And you know what number one topic for senior adults to do a Bible study on was? Parenting. I thought that was done at 18, right? That's, nope. You worried about anything this week? Had any concerns? You tried to take care of it yourself? You tried to take the wheel and make sure you pushed anybody out of the car saying, I don't need you in this trip? Not, not really. I mean, like figuratively, metaphorically, right? And they tried to take matters and grab it. Go for it. All on your own. Fix it. Without consulting the Lord. The truth is, the reason he had to put if there is because we as humans are prone to use prayer as a last resource instead of the first. 
to say, if this happens and this happens and this happens, and so, well, I guess I've got to go to the Lord in prayer. Now, we may not say it that way in church because, you know, that sounds bad, but we live it in our lives. It says, if, and then he says, ask anything. There's an interesting quote from Jesus when he says, you have not because you ask not. I remember growing up, there was a, an evangelist that came to our town. And I, I don't remember how old I was, but I wasn't, and I was still in school. And I remember him telling us as part of his description for us about living for the Lord. He says, you know, when you get to heaven, God's going to play a VHS. That tells you how long ago it was. A v- he's going to put a VHS in as if God has the modern technology we have currently, right? Today, it's God's going to stream for you. Um, He's going to put a VHS tape on it. He's going to show you all the things you could have had in life if you would have just asked him. You know what I remember thinking in that moment? Honestly, that sounds more like hell than heaven. I, I don't know that God's going to do that when we get there because I don't, I don't know what purpose that serves in that moment. We're going to be completed. We're going to be ready to be serving the Lord forever. But can you imagine if you knew everything you missed because you just didn't ask the Lord? Jesus says you have not because you ask not. Man, I don't want to be in the ask not line. This is what you don't have. And part of what First John is telling them, what John is writing this is, you have a relationship with the Lord, you go to him with confidence and boldness and you ask him anything. And listen, we talk all the time about ask anything of God. And when you talk about what the word all means, and anything means anything. Ask God anything. You're not going to bowl God over with your request. And you're not going to do something that's going to shock the Lord. He understands your life and what you need. Ask anything of Him. But here is the qualifier in that verse. Ask anything of God according to his will. And here is the exchange we make. As we pray, as we seek him, as we go after him, as we seek to understand him, as we try to live for him, we begin to exchange what we desire, what we want, what we think we need for what God needs and wants and is trying to do in our lives. You see, the goal of prayer is not to try to get God on my page. It is try to get me on his page. It is to understand what his will is for my life. Look what it says there in verse 14. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will. This goes back to that. Your, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is when Jesus said it again and again. Ask anything in my name. In my name was a phrase that we're talked about according to my character, according to my purpose, according to who I am. Ask those things and I will hear his will and his plan. You see, when we come to the Lord in prayer, yes, we can bring our concerns. Yes, we can bring those to him. And as we boldly bring them before him, we ask the Lord to make sure we are following the plan that he has for us. And here's what I want to tell you. His plans are to prosper you. They are to help you. They are to guide you. They are the absolute best for you, whether you believe it or not. 
And what you're saying is, God, I'm coming, and man, this is how I would solve it, and this is what I would do, and this is what I need, but I am laying it at your feet. And Lord, help me to know what it is that you want me to do, what your will is. I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he says, I wish that this cup would pass, but not my will, but yours. This is what we really do when we come to the Father. We have a conversation with our Heavenly Dad, and we say, what is my part in what you are doing? I think about the graduates that are before us. I think about this room full of people. I think, what in the world would change and happen if all of us got completely on board with whatever God is calling us to do? In whatever profession and career and family place that we have been put, what would it look like if we used whatever situation we're in and where we live and what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're striving for, that if the attention of our mind was set on what God intends for us, what would it look like if we were to live that out? As nurses and biochemists and engineers, dental hygienists, as members of our military, what would it look like if we lived out what God wanted us to do in his plan? Now, here's the thing about that. We've already had revealed a great big part of that plan. Now, maybe not the individual details of your life, but if you want to know, well, what is God's will? What is his plan? What am I supposed to be looking for? He has revealed that to us in his word. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about in Acts chapter 4 when um, Peter and John are arrested. Um, And they're coming back and they're getting ready and they've been threatened within the inch of their life. They said that we will kill you or worse. I don't know what the or worse would be, but that's what they said. And it says, after they went, after they were released, they went to their own people and reported everything. And when they had heard this, they raised their voices together to God and said, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Master, you were the one who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. They praised God to start with. You said through the Holy Spirit, at the mouth of our Father, why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot futile things? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers assemble against the Lord and against the Messiah. If you're just reading that prayer, in some ways that feels like, what is that? That's like an add-on. But what they're doing there is they are quoting David from the Psalms and they are saying to God, remember your plan. Your plan is to humble the kings of the earth. Remember your plan is to use their things, their machinations, how they're living in order to do your will. And they give an example of that that just in this city, just a few days ago, they thought they won because they crucified your son. But they were doing that according to your plan and your purpose and your will. And because of that, it's something more glorious than we ever could imagine have happened. And so we're asking you, God, who have proclaimed that, to do today something and not release us and not get all these people off of our back, but instead give us the boldness to be able to proclaim the truth of who you are according to your will and your plan without any sense of timidity. Make us bold. This is the confidence of That we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will. Can I tell you something? God's not going to give you an answer to a prayer that contradicts the will that he has proclaimed in his word. 
that if you think, well, I think I have a word from the Lord and it contradicts the will of God given in the word of God, then you need to recheck where you're getting the answer from. He has revealed to us the truth of what he is doing. That we are to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That we are to go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them all that he has taught us. The commandments that we should do. And understanding that he is with us to the end of the age. He has given us those things that we are to pray unceasingly. Now some of those things are obvious out there. And you go, well God would never lead me to do this. Because it would harm my witness or destroy my ability to share him with others. But sometimes in church, I think we veil things we do in church with a higher purpose when that would have been even against what God had commanded. Nowhere in Scripture does he talk about having a complaining spirit or a critical spirit as part of his plan. And if, God's, if you feel like God's leading you down that path, then something's wrong with the, the understanding of what God's leading. God's not going to lead you into a place in your life in general where you can't give honor and glory to him. And where you can't reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, this is the confidence we have. And here's the thing. If we ask anything according to his will, it tells us he hears us. He hears us. He will hear. That's the last part of this verse. And here's the truth about it. It's understanding In the midst of this, that we're asking out of a relationship, anything according to his will, he'll listen. By the way, that phrase, he hears us there at the end, is actually what it means is to look upon favorably or to hear with recognition of acceptance. And it clarifies that for us in the next part of this verse, or actually verse 15, that goes on to say, and if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked from him. That's what it means to ask of the Lord. Because of our relationship and complete confidence, we ask anything according to his will, and he'll hear us. And I know some of you in the room say, but what, what, what about when I did and I didn't get an answer? About, what about when I did and my life fell apart? And here's what I want to tell you. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. Because I think it's very important, but I don't want to spend three minutes on it. And we're going to talk about, well, what happens when we don't get the prayer that we think, that we hear, that we observe, and we think it's part of God's plan? Because we've all been there. Amen? And here's what I'll tell you just from a confidence standpoint today, and we'll address that in a couple of weeks. If I ask something of the Lord and He doesn't give it to me, I know because of Scripture and because of my personal experience and all that is true in the world that I have witnessed that I can trust the sovereign goodness of God in my life. Even when I don't understand it. And again, we'll talk more in depth about that in a couple of weeks. But the truth is, 
when it doesn't turn out like we think we can trust him because I know that scripture promises me that when I, as a follower of Jesus Christ, come into his presence and ask anything in his will, that he hears me. And for now, that's all the assurance I need. Would you bow with me as we pray together? Heavenly Father, we pray in this moment and in this day that your will will be done here as it is in heaven. And that above all else, Lord, that we give you the glory for what happens in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.